the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Came, maybe he felt like he had to give. Maybe his heart just simply wasn't into it. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. I entitled this message today, Caught, Caught. Have you ever been caught in the act? Like being caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Well, I'm sure we all have. It's when we know that we're busted. I remember this one time, I lit a M80 in an alleyway when I was a kid. Now, the M80s back then and the M80s today are a little different. These were more like half a stick of dynamite, okay? These, these things were, were much more gnarly when they, what they seem like they are today. But anyway, I took a fire extinguisher, and I stuck it in there, and I lit it, and this thing had an explosion that was unbelievable, and the, the fire extinguisher went straight up in the air. And I was waiting for it to come back. See, that was my problem. I was waiting for it to come back. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and it finally hits. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes tearing out of his apartment and he's chasing me and I'm taking off and I'm running with everything I got. And he's right behind me and I can feel his hand kind of on my shoulder. And then I just stop and put the brakes on. Boom, he flew by. I'm thinking, this is good. I took off this way. He's back. He's on me again. I stop. He flies by again. I take off the other way. I couldn't brush this guy, man. He was too fast. So he grabs me and he's like, that's it. I'm with the FBI. And he flashes his badge. I'm like, oh no. And so we go and we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. And I'm like, where are you taking me? And he goes, we're supposed to be going to your house. I go, oh, I live over there. <laughs> and so anyway, he, he, he takes me, knocks on the door. And my, my dad comes to the door and, he, and it's like, is your son I'm brought home by the FBI. I was like busted. I was caught red-handed, you could say. That's right. I was caught in the act as my parents looked at me asking that familiar question. What have you done? Okay. Maybe you can relate with me or maybe you can relate with some of these other people who've been caught in the act. Also, consider this one mom who was taken back when she saw her walls covered with a blue marker all over them. She quickly confronted her three-year-old little girl, Katie, and Katie raised up her blue fingers, okay, and she pointed at her innocent five-month-old little brother who can't even crawl yet and said, I think it was John John. Isn't it amazing, even when we're caught in the act at the youngest of age, we still try to 
passed the buck. But my favorite was this guy who was fed up with the high gas prices. So he decided to steal some gas from siphoning it out of a parked motorhome. The only problem was he put his siphon hose in the wrong tank. Instead of the gas tank, it was the septic tank, which takes cut in the act to a whole new level. Somebody give that guy a breath mint. Anyway, we'll leave that to your imagination. But anyway, yes, we've all been caught in the act. I wonder what act you have been caught in. Well, today, as we pick up in our study through the book of Genesis, we're going to look at the very first child ever born. His parents, of course, were Adam and Eve, and his name was Cain. And for sure, he was caught in the act. We will see that Cain was a jealous and a bitter man. He also didn't want to listen to the voice of reason, for he was caught in the act by God himself. The odd thing is this. He was caught in the act before he committed the act. How is that? By the all-seeing eyes of the eternal God, who knows our thoughts before we think them. Well, today, we will consider three points in light of our title, Caught. Number one, a heart of anger. Number two, a voice of reason. And number three, a sin that snared. Let's look at our first point, a heart of anger. As we all read together, we'll start, of course, in Genesis chapter 4. We'll pick up in verse 1. It says, Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. And again she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. And Abel, on his part, he brought uh, of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Well, there's a lot there, so let's pull that apart for a second before we move forward. So it's obvious that Adam and Eve, you know, they figured out, the birds and the bees, let's say, and they began having children. This was God's plan all along. That's why he commanded them back in Genesis 1.28. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So ladies, you could imagine being Eve. I mean, just imagine this and having her the first baby. Okay, maybe Adam was telling her, hey, Eve, you're starting to get a little heavy there. You know, you got to lay off the burritos, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe did they fully know what was happening there at first? I mean, maybe, maybe you know, it's just like, hey, what's going on here? You know, you're getting, you're getting ready to explode here. But, but you have to understand, Eve didn't have a mother. She didn't have someone to hold her hand and to tell her what was going to be coming upon her. No one to tell her what's going to happen next. Yet I'm sure... God was giving them both wisdom somewhere along the line here. 
on this little life that was moving and kicking inside of her. And I'm sure Eve must have had that feeling like every mother here knows when she considered, hmm, this is awesome. This is a life. It's inside of me. He's moving. And all of a sudden you have that thought of, how's he going to come out? (laughs) It's like, this is probably going to hurt. But uh, what a joy it was when it was over. As Eve looked into the eyes of the first baby ever born. And with great joy, she tells her husband, I've gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. What a joy that must have been. This wasn't like Adam exploring and discovering a a new type of flower or a new piece of fruit in the garden or figuring out a new animal species. This was a piece of them, flesh of their flesh, bone of their bone here, a baby, a son, their son. And they continued having more babies, Cain's brother Abel, and many, many more. And since man's penalty for eating of the forbidden fruit was to work, well, that's exactly how they brought their children up, to work. So these boys... They worked in their life. Abel became a shepherd while his older brother, Cain, became a farmer. Yes, we must work. It's just part of life. I wonder what kind of work you do. And in the midst of that work, I wonder what kind of a work ethic you have. Is it one that's hardworking and inspiring to those that are around you? Know this. As Christians, a good work mentality is an awesome way to witness Christ. It's an awesome way to show how much you love the Lord by working hard at your job. Unfortunately, though, some forget this and they replace it with, what's the least amount I can do and still keep my job? Or milking unemployment for as long as they can. Let's not forget what the Bible says to the believer. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 10, it says, if anyone will not work, neither let him eat. So it's not only to the believer, it's to the non-believer. We have all these welfare programs that seem to, you know, give out when people don't deserve it and they just keep giving and giving and we'll just give some more. And, you know, they were talking about some of the homeless shelters in New York. They've taken these five-star hotels now and they've turned them over to homeless shelters now and all of these things. See, We need to help people that are down and out, and that's what the welfare program was originally started for. But the Bible says if a person isn't willing to work, neither should they eat. Not talking about someone that's handicapped, not talking about someone that's not able to work. We're talking about a healthy person who's able to work. If they're not willing to work, again, they shouldn't eat. But getting back to Cain and Abel, these brothers were raised in a godly home, obviously, by godly parents. Imagine, their parents, Adam and Eve, used to literally walk with God in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Paradise. The Bible says that God would come down in the cool of the day and hang out with them. Think of the stories that Adam and Eve could tell of their life before they ate of the forbidden fruit. And I'm sure that Cain and Abel, along with all their other brothers and sisters, and they must have had a lot because I'm sure Eve was like Octomom here, and she's just pumping babies out. It's like, I mean, babies like they're babies. Here, have some more babies, you know. But I'm sure they had their fair share of family squabbles with all these kids since they were born uh, with sin natures, just like we are born. 
Yet at the same time, they were surrounded by God's creation. Think about the beauty. No animals had become extinct yet. Nothing was polluted. And global warming hadn't started at this point. (laughs) Yes, they were taught to work. These children were taught how to worship. And they were taught how to give. Yes, part of worshiping is giving. It's offering. It's sacrifice. It's our time and our energy. So Cain and Abel came to worship the Lord, it says. And they brought along an offering. But the Lord didn't receive Cain's offering. And in verse 5, it says, Cain became angry and his countenance had fell. So it's like, so they both bring offerings. They were taught, obviously, to worship the Lord. They both brought offerings. The Lord says, oh, man, he really liked Abel's offering, but he didn't like Cain's offering. So Cain's all up in arms about this. And it says that his countenance fell. Now, that word countenance in the original Hebrew language means that his face had fallen. It just fell. Cain was now angry and he was disappointed. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, huh? Yeah. And then, huh? What? Oh. So he's, he's angry. He's disappointed. And now he's angry at his brother. This is the first recorded grudge of all humanity. Now, why again? Because God had no regard for his sacrifice. Now, why would God not accept his sacrifice? Why? Well, we're, you know, was it not good enough? Was it, was it totally lacking? Well, we don't know. Why? Because we're not told exactly the reason. But if God didn't receive it, there was a reason. Trust me, God just doesn't do anything for no reason. Many times we want to judge, like, how could God do this? And, or how could God do that? Well, who are you to judge God? It's like you don't know what, what was behind what he did. It's so easy for us to say, well, I would never do that. Oh, as if you're more holy than God. Okay, you, you've got it all figured out. So obviously, there was something that was rotten in Denmark with this uh, offering here. So again, we don't know what it is because we're not told. But what we do know is this, that all throughout the Bible, the heart of the matter is always the matter of the heart. Meaning it's not just what we give, it's how we give what we give. See, see, it all comes down to the motive of the heart that's behind the gift. Meaning we could give what appears to be a great gift. Others could look at you. They could commend you and pat you on the back for your wonderful gift. But God looks at our hearts. Why did we give what we give? Did we give only to be seen by others? Did we give only to get the pat on the back? Is that why we gave? You know, did we give possibly to get? Sometimes we give because we want something in return. We hear a lot of planting seed faith money from ministries that want to seem to take a vacuum suction to your wallet and pull it all out. So they will say, well, give to God your seed faith money and God will give it back to you tenfold. And guess what? God does give back when we give, but he gives back when we give from the right heart. See, when we give, we don't give to get. We give because God has commanded us to give. It's an act of obedience. 
It's like God says, this is what I've asked you to do. Therefore, if you do it in obedience to me with the right heart, then I will bless you immensely. So we can never understand when you're giving correctly with the Lord, you can never outgive God ever. If it's given from that heart of purity, giving sacrificially, giving more than what's convenient. God says, oh, you know what? I like that. And because you've given much, I'm going to bless much. Listen to what Jesus said about the widow who gave all that she had. Let me read it to you in Luke 21, 1. It says this, and Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. Here comes the rich. Boom, man. Wow, did you see how much they put in there? Wow, did you see that wad of fat cash he put in there? And he saw a certain poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they, out of their surplus or abundance, put into the offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. So here's the picture here. You got someone like, you know, you could have someone who's a a, a multimillionaire or a billionaire and they put in, oh, bam, $10,000. Okay, you think, whoa, $10,000. Well, in relation to how much they have, it's like putting in a half a penny. But here's this woman who, this is all she has. Like she's maybe not gonna eat that day now because she put in all she had. And so it's like, well, Lord, this is all I have, but I give it to you. And if I have to not eat today, I don't eat. So she gave all that she had, everything she had. So Jesus is just making a point here. It's like when we sacrificially give, number one, he notices. He notices. He sees everything. Nothing happens under the sun that he doesn't see. So let me ask you, when when we give to the Lord of your time, of your resources, how much are you giving of that? Do you give what's left over to the Lord? Do you give that which really cost you nothing? See, it's not just in our financial giving, it's also in our time. I think about how much we've been able to accomplish here at Core Church in the short time that we've been a church here in Los Angeles. And I think about how many people have sacrificially given not only of their resources, but of their time and serving here. You know, every single thing that we do around here, all the worship people up here, it's like, did we not have a wonderful time of worship? Well, these people are volunteering their gifts and their talents. You know, the people that are helping us in the parking lot are helping park the cars with their, their gifts and talents. The people that are running the camera that's, that's pointed on me right now. So when I go over here, the camera, is it following? Oh, it's following. Okay. And then I come back over here. It's following. This, these are people that are serving. The people that are doing the quality of the sound right now. The people that are mixing. The people that turn the lights on. The people that run the different videos on the different songs. I mean, you know, there's someone comes in and turns the, there's a God in heaven that loves you sign on. You know, there's someone that turns the light on the cross. Although, is that on? He didn't come today. See what happens? 
Look at that one guy. Does he show up? And the cross is not lit up. Okay, see, the point is, when we do it as unto the Lord, it's like it's a joy. It's not work. It's joy. And you're able to serve him with that heart of joy. Know this. When God gives to us, does he not always give his best? Does he not always give his own? I mean, he came down and he gave his own life on the cross to die for us, to buy us back from the impending judgment that we were all going to face for our sins. We, as Christians, you know, our very lives should be a witness of that. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.11, whoever speaks, let him speak as it were of the utterances of God. So if I'm going to take time to speak, I want to speak words that will encourage you and uplift you from the word of God. He goes on to say, whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies. You know, I think about when we're all running full strength here and we have our children's ministry and all of these things going and everyone's serving. You know, on a on a good Sunday when everything's going, you know, outside of all this whole COVID thing and everything, I mean, we have like 100 servers that are serving between all three services on Sunday. And it's like all those people doing it as by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. See, so God is glorified. You know, here in ministering the gospel and people are making commitments to Christ or people are being encouraged in their walking relationship with Christ. It's not just because of me up here preaching. It's because of all the people that it takes to pull the whole service together. The music, the sound, the lighting, the, uh, the cameras, the video, all of these things because it's all together working for the goal of what? Of honoring God, of worshiping him. We have people watching our live stream from California all the way to the East Coast, New York, Baltimore, Delaware, you know, Florida, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, you know, Alabama. We have people watching all over the United States. And so it matters. We're able to encourage and uplift people. Right now with people watching online, we have ladies in the back that are communicating with people that are watching online. So people can watch online. They can actually type in and they can communicate with someone from our church, which is back there communicating with them and maybe praying for them and what have you. These are all volunteers. Now, when Abel came with his offering to the Lord, he gave obviously his best. Man, he put his best out there. He gave it all and he gave it with a pure heart. And guess what God did? He blessed him for it. Hebrews 11.4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. He put thought into it. He put effort into it. He had his heart into it. Now, what made it better exactly? Well, we're not told what made it better. But one thing we do know is this. He just simply gave his best to the Lord. He gave it his all. It was something that he put his whole heart into. Yet again, Cain obviously didn't. It was a polar opposite of that. Maybe Cain felt like he had to give something like, all right, here comes the offering basket, guilt trip, whatever. And it's just like, you know, when you give reluctantly like that, or you give selfishly, you know, you're better off just not to give. 
This is why here at Core Church, we don't put a lot of emphasis on giving. We always give you the opportunity at every service. We receive a, an offering at every service, and we give you that opportunity. But if you don't want to give, don't give. You know, we're not sitting here and in, in, installing little, you know, pocket cams on each chair. You know, what's in your wallet? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like it's not in any of our business. You know, as a pastor, I'm here and I'm called to teach you that as God's people, we are called to give. We are called to give. But I am not called to force you to give. I am not called to guilt trip you to give. I am not called to beg you to give. I am just called to give you the opportunity to give. But see, again, Cain, maybe he felt like he had to give. Maybe his heart just simply wasn't into it. Some Bible scholars believe that he should have purchased a lamb from his brother Abel, since it appears that the first sacrifice that was made by God... It was made in the Garden of Eden. Remember that sacrifice? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? God came down in the garden. They were both hiding. And he said, well, why are you hiding? Well, because we're naked. Oh, yeah? Well, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree I told you not to eat of? The Bible tells us that God covered them with animal skins. So that means that an animal had to die. And so there was a sacrifice made for their sin. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 